Hey friend, welcome to The Ashley O Show. My name is Ashley O'Connor and I started this podcast when I became a nurse because I wanted a space where I could be honest about my experience caring for others. I knew I couldn't be alone. I'm talking about the fear, the obstacles, the trauma, and the challenges of working insane shifts, learning more than I thought possible, witnessing the most heart-wrenching and the most beautiful moments in a life, and doing it all while trying to take care of myself. Everyone said it was impossible to be healthy as a caregiver and I just refused to accept that as a reality. Now, I am living as a registered nurse turned health, fitness, and career coach for my fellow nurses and caregivers who are trudging through the same mud, trying to solve the mystery of how to stay healthy in a world that is telling you to put yourself last. The Ashley O Show is a space where nurses and caregivers come together to understand that their identity extends beyond the humans that they care for, where the hardest workers in the room can have honest and authentic conversations about what is holding them back and the changes needed to move forward. I am here to help you fit nutrition, fitness, and self-care into a life built around 12-hour shifts. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's definitely going to be scary, but it's also going to be more beautiful than you ever imagined. So it's time we commit to putting ourselves first, chasing uncertainty, and building stronger lives, careers, bodies, and minds than we thought possible. I'm so glad that you're here and I cannot wait to see the ways in which we change the world. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the show. I'm really excited to have you. We are officially coming at you from our new location in Augusta, Georgia. This is the next stop in our digital nomad life. If you have been unaware, if you're newer to the podcast, we have been on a digital nomad journey for the past almost a year now. We took off in January of this year. And we have been to Denver, Colorado. We've been to Bozeman, Montana. We've been to Westerly, Rhode Island, and now Augusta, Georgia. After this, we are spending three months back in Tucson, Arizona, which was our home base. That's where we started. And then we hope to relocate to the Denver, Colorado area. We really enjoyed that space. So you're going to be along this journey with us. We'll keep you in every step of the way. But right now, we're in Georgia, enjoying a little bit more sun, a little bit higher temperatures, and a little bit more space because my husband and I, for the first time, are by ourselves in this journey. So before this, we were living with some of our good friends. So there were four of us in both Denver and in Bozeman, and then three of us in Rhode Island. And now it's just my husband and I and our dog. So it's a big new season. It's an exciting season. And I'm so excited to have you guys along this journey with us. If you're not already, definitely follow over on Instagram too. I'm going to be doing a house tour this week. And that's a really great place to connect day by day to get more behind the scenes. So if you're not already, go follow at Ashley O Show and I will see you there. And the other reminder that I have for you guys, our first completely free nurse coffee chat is happening this Friday, so December 15th. The I'm going to give a couple more days for anyone who signs up to give their input on what time this will be at. More than likely, we're looking at the evening, but if some of you tell me that this works better for you in the morning, then our first call is going to be in the morning. But I'm just so excited for these calls. This is the first of many. And I know that these first few calls are going to be really intimate. And so a really great place for us to connect, me to answer any questions that you have, for us to just vent and kind of talk about nursing and process things for you to have knowledge transfer and support, like anything that we need. That's what these calls are for. This is going to be our first call on Friday, December 15th. So 
make sure that you sign up in the show notes. Just pause, go do that really quick. And for everyone who signs up for this first call or just gets their name on the list, even if you can't make it the first time, I'm reaching out so that you can schedule a one-on-one just little tea time chat with just the two of us where I can get to know you and hear about how I can support you and just connect. There's no pressure with these calls. This is not a sales call. I just want to reach you guys at a more individual level because I love doing this podcast, of course, but I want to get to know each and every one of you so that I make sure that the content that I'm creating and the programs that I'm putting out there and the podcast episodes and that everything I'm making is actually what you need in your journey and that I can actually get to know you so that I can give you that support directly. We will be having another call at the end of December. And for that call, I really want to do like a New Year's kind of goal planning type workshop because I think that'd be really fun ahead of the new year, especially for nurses. You guys are dealing with so much and you might be working on all these holidays and this can be a really stressful season for you. So I want us to look forward into 2024 with a completely new vision. I want to give you a spin of positivity in case things are harder for you during the holidays and maybe if you're working to give you that sense of stress relief and connection. So whether you can make it on December 15th or not, I want you to just throw your name on the list. There's no pressure. There's no obligation. It just gets you on that list so that as these coffee chats continue, you are kept in the loop so that you can jump on to whichever one that you can make. So just pause. Go jump on the list. All that's going to do is ensure that you're in the group that's getting all of the information, Zoom links, and the schedule for these free coffee chats as we move into 2024. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about personality changes and paychecks. And here's what I'm talking about. If you did not listen to last week's episode, definitely pause, go back and listen to that one because I introduced a new structure that we're playing with here on the podcast. And I want to know your feedback. If you like this or if you liked the old structure, let me know. But we're starting with a story that has to do with a real life patient case, whether it's my experience or a story that I get from your feedback or from you guys as you tell me your own stories. So I'm going to share an actual patient story so that we can kind of use that knowledge transfer and learn from each other. And then we head into a topic that's actually a skill that's going to help you in your practice. So we start with a story, we end with a skill. And those two things may or may not be related. This is just for fun. This is just to give us more knowledge transfer and more exposure to skills and tactical things that are actually going to help us in our practice. So starting with our story, we're going to talk about patients with personality changes. And I'm going to give you one specific example that I saw in my practice that may kind of alert you and open your eyes to something that to watch out for with your patients this week or in the future. So let me set the stage. I had a patient in the ICU. She was with us after a procedure. So it was mostly for monitoring, but our hospital was pretty full. So she was there for kind of her 24-hour monitoring after this procedure was doing really well. This is a very walkie-talkie kind of patient, and she was supposed to be transferred out, but there were no beds. So we had her downgraded, but she's still in the ICU. So I had had her the prior evening, and then on this particular evening, I got her back. Now, the night before, this patient was very sweet, easy to work with, barely on the call light, very thankful, grateful. She was eating well, moving around really easily, like she was just doing great. One of those kind of like cake patients that you just love to have because it's one relief when your other patient is usually a bit of a shit show. So on this evening, I had this patient back and then I had another patient that was very ill, very critical. And so it was kind of a nice pair because I could really focus on my critical patient. And then I had this easy patient or so I thought. 
Isn't it always the case that the moment you say that a patient was easy or simple or not very difficult or not very needy, that the moment you do so, they just like take a turn? So we get report for this patient again, and not a lot has changed physically, at least in report. She's still doing well. We're just kind of waiting for a bed. She doesn't eat a lot. She's been great. She's eaten. She's been using the restroom like no problems. But after bedside report, the nurse kind of pulled me aside and said, hey, she's been on the call light a ton. She's been a little bit needy, kind of annoying. She drove me nuts this entire shift as much as physically she's doing really well. And for me, especially when I got these types of reports, I always tried to take them with a grain of salt because I didn't want my perspective of a patient to be skewed, especially because I had her the night before and that was not my experience. So I listen, but I also am like, eh, maybe it was just like a personality clash. Maybe it's no big deal. I'm just going to try and stay positive and treat her with the most respect and compassion I can muster. And I'm sure everything will be fine. And I got to say, everything was not. <laughs> this patient was on the call light every five seconds. I'd be in that room, need to get her up to the bathroom when before she was walking and moving a lot easier. And now she just was acting very needy. She was complaining a lot. She needed me to pour her water and help her drink her water. And she was hot and then she was cold. And it was just, she needed so much attention. And it felt very much like she needed the attention. She was also pretty irritable. She was getting very annoyed with me and most other nurses. Nurses. I was getting annoyed because I've got this very critical patient that I'm trying to take care of. And then I have this other patient who seems like fine. And so it's frustrating that I'm in that room every five seconds when I have a very young man who is brain damaged and we're kind of just keeping him for organ donation, which is heartbreaking for the family. Like that was a whole mess in the other room. And now I have this other patient that seems like she should be fine, but I'm in here every two seconds. So I'm getting frustrated. The patient's getting frustrated. She is kicking out other nurses. She's starting to fire people. And I, I swear to you, every time that call light went off, a little bit of my soul left my body. And here's the thing. We've all had patients like this. The ones that are a little bit more needy, the ones that are a little bit more short with us, have no patience, are upset. And... We logically understand that these patients are in some of the worst moments of their lives. They don't want to be in a hospital for the most part, right? So it's really important that we practice patience and that we are as forgiving and comforting, as attentive as possible in a lot of cases, because we're their only resource. We're their only outlet. We're the only thing that they can rely on in this moment. But we all kind of reach that point where we can get really frustrated, where we start to lose our patients. And that's where we try and tap out and have other people help us. But with this patient, she was firing everyone else. So I was the only one that she wanted. And that became really difficult. But after enough time and a moment where I had enough of a break that I could like eat some lunch and other people dealt with the call lights while I was on my break, which was a godsend. After enough time, I was able to think about what was going on and think. What is different? Yesterday I had this patient and she was so easy. She is supposed to be downgraded. She's completely fine. She was walking around and joking and laughing yesterday. Like what happened in between now and then? And everyone on this unit is so frustrated with her that nobody even wants to ask these questions or deal with her and try and figure it out because frankly, she just felt like a difficult patient. And so nobody wanted to kind of look past that, including myself frustrated as heck. But once we could look past that, we could peel back the onion a little bit and wonder what was going on for her. 
because she was a different patient than the one I had the night before. And this is what I want you guys to pull from the story. Not that patients are annoying, because for the most part, they aren't. They are just in horrible positions and they're going through a lot. And a lot of times they are sick. But here's what I want you to take from this. If your patient changes like that in a span of a day, in hours, in any period of time, if your patient seems like a different person, that can be a red flag for something deeper going on. Now, there's also the case of patient sundowning. That can be extremely frustrating, and that is a whole other deal. But for her, I had her the night before. So at least at that point, she wasn't sundowning. And we can look at that and rule that out, but we shouldn't just write it off as a patient being annoying or complaining a lot, especially if we knew a baseline level for them. What we need to do is investigate further. It's one of those things where we're using our critical thinking, even if we're frustrated. That's what we have to get past is the feeling of frustration and start to think like a nurse. Think like a nurse who knows what her assessment told her today and the day before. We can compare these assessments and understand that there are differences happening. And then we start to ask questions about why those differences are going on. So what we're seeing in this case is that this patient is having some type of personality changes. And then if we pair that with other pieces of our assessment, so in this case, this patient was using the restroom a lot and a lot more than we had seen the night before. But again, we kind of just initially saw it as this annoyance, as like a neediness, as wanting to get up and move and be controlling because of her stressful situation. But if we recognize that it's because she has urgency, she needs to pee a lot, she's also drinking a lot of water, we pair that with personality changes. We can just start to say, that's interesting. What can we do to dig into that more? And for her, it meant that we drew labs. Now, she already had her morning labs, but we did them a little bit early once we saw this pattern of behavior. And what we found is that she had a pretty severe electrolyte imbalance happening. It came back with a result of hyponatremia, and that pointed us to an issue with her kidneys. She was in the ICU for a little bit longer. She recovered. She left, but and she left like that woman that I had the night before, not the one that I had on this particular evening. But if we had just ignored all of the signs, if we had just said, oh my gosh, this patient is a pain in the ass. They are so annoying. I wish I didn't have to deal with them. I wish I could fire the patient, right? If we just felt those feelings... We wouldn't have pushed past them and critically thought as a nurse and understood that there was something deeper happening. Let this just be a reminder for any patient that you have. If you start to notice small, subtle changes in their personality and how they're acting in the way they are one night to the next or one hour to the next, this is how we build our muscle of critical thinking. And this is one of the hardest muscles, I think, to build as a nurse is how to critically think specifically for the area where you're working. It's also a matter of trusting your gut a little bit deeper. And this is very difficult, I think, for newer nurses. It was certainly difficult for me to trust that feeling that something's off. Like, what's going on? Like, I just remember that feeling of frustration that evening because I was just like, what in the world? This woman was an angel the evening before. Like, what's going on? And if I had just thought of that as me being annoyed, I might have missed something going on. So this week, as you have your patience, just pay attention to the little pieces, the things that maybe we start to ignore as we get a little bit complacent. Let's push past that. Let's not get complacent and really lean on our assessment, the core skills that we have as nurses, because it's pretty amazing what a little electrolyte balance will do. 
Now we're going to take a hard left and I'm going to leave you with a skill that I think we all need a little bit more. This is something based on a question that I've been receiving fairly frequently, especially with my one-on-one clients who are diving into their own careers and trying to figure out what career path is right for them or how to reach the goals they have within that career. And we've been talking about their financial goals a lot more. And so I want to leave you with the skill of how to increase your paycheck as a nurse. Now, there are a lot of ways to do this, but I'm just going to leave you with a few of my favorites, the ones that have specifically worked for multiple clients. So, of course, we start off by just trying to negotiate with our current employer. Now, this doesn't always work. Sometimes our employers won't budge at all. And honestly, to me, if that happens, if you have a conversation about wanting a pay raise or asking for a pay raise or a bonus or something to help you and your employers are unwilling to work with you at all, to me, that is often a red flag. Now, sometimes your manager just doesn't have control over that budget, but they should be willing to work with you in some capacity. They should want to try and keep you. And unfortunately, the way that the healthcare business has become has been very much treating nurses and other healthcare workers as though they are replaceable because technically you are. But that doesn't mean that your employer should be so willing to let you just leave, let you go out the window and not be willing to work with you. That tells me a whole lot about whether my employer values me. And if they don't, I can find somewhere that is going to value me more. Now, there's going to be people out there that are going to tell you, just suck it up. It's the way that it is. This is just the system. The system is broken. But all of that narrative to me is just perpetuating the idea that nurses are powerless when we have a whole lot more power than we think that we do. The key is that we just need to have these hard conversations and advocate for ourselves a whole lot more. And just to give you a little tip with these conversations, I always like to rehearse the hard conversations that I need to have with a manager, uh, just so that I'm not trying to fly by the seat of my pants, because that's the most uncomfortable in that situation. I like to kind of come up with a script for myself on how I'm going to present the issue. And I always try and do it from a place of respect. For the most part, I don't just come out saying like, you undervalue me, you suck, complain, complain, and here's what I want. I usually try and preface things with like the positives, kind of that compliment sandwich idea, right? Where you're saying what you like about the job, why you want this job, why you value it, why you want to be part of this team, and what you need in order to do so. So you're just saying the good stuff and also asking for what you need to stay here and support this team. Alongside a script, an idea of what I would like to say, just so I'm not fumbling around, I also like to prepare for any scenario that I can think of. So I always prepare for the no. I always prepare for the pushback. I always prepare for if they are upset. I prepare for if it works out great. I have a preparation for each possible scenario so that I'm not caught off guard. And know that in these conversations, you can always say that you need to think on things, that you need time to talk it over with your family or just for yourself. That's okay for you to do. You can always ask for that in these hard conversations because people usually try and present you with an option and demand an answer right away, but know that you can take time if you need it. So as we said, this is option one. It's always good to try and work with your current employer, especially if you, for the most part, like your current employer. It's a good place to start if you're not getting the money that you want and you are trying to increase that. Let's start by just having that conversation with your manager. But if that doesn't work, you got options. You can always explore side hustles of some capacity, whether those are related to nursing or not. So lots of nurses will explore things like tutoring for nursing students. 
They will look at nurse writing. There's lots of nurse entrepreneurship that is possible for you if you want to start some sort of side hustle, especially anything in the health industry. You as a nurse are kind of a foot ahead, right? You have that background knowledge. And so if you enter into the health space, you can be an asset to certain companies where you could start a side hustle or just your own. If you have a craft that you're really good at, you could start a completely non-nurse related side hustle where you're selling things on Etsy or you open an Amazon marketplace. I also know lots of nurses who will add on some sort of side gig in nursing that allows them to practice skills, but do so in a less stressful capacity. So for those nurses working in a crazy med surge unit or in the ICU or the ER, somewhere where there's lots of stress, they might add on a job giving IVs in some sort of IV unit as a nurse. They could do like a home health situation as long as it's a low stress one. They might do like an immunization clinic or something like that. Something where they add on a side job in nursing but something that might have a more flexible schedule, maybe better pay, less stress, something they can add on without overfilling their plate. Because the intention with adding any sort of side hustle is not that you become a complete ball of stress because you're working your 12-hour shifts and you're adding on a bunch of extra hours that are driving you even more crazy. We want this to be something that doesn't put too much mental burden on you because the last thing that we want is for you to completely burn out from it all. So the side hustle idea is mostly based on if you're kind of keeping your job full-time in your current position. The other option, which is pretty much related, it just depends how you want to sort this out, is that you go part-time in your current position and then you add on per diem roles because per diem roles typically will pay more. And you can keep the benefits in the part-time capacity that you're working in whatever unit you're starting in. And then you add on some sort of per diem role. It could be in the same thing. It might be a home health thing. It could be that you are doing the IV clinics or the immunization clinics or something like that. But it also might mean that you're working part-time in the ICU and you do a per diem role in another ICU or in an ER or something like that. There are so many options. And this is the beauty of nursing. But unfortunately, what rarely works is just staying in one role forever. We need to make sure that we are diversifying our income, that we're experimenting with different schedules, that we might be adding on more skills and value because you deserve to be paid more than you currently are. I don't care what you're getting paid right now. You deserve to be paid more, especially as a nurse. We know this already. It's universal. Nurses are dramatically underpaid for the work that we do. Healthcare workers in general, dramatically underpaid for the work that we do. But we need to be a little bit more creative because people aren't just going to give us all the money in the world right now. We're working on fixing the system in the background, but we need to be proactive. We need to advocate and fight for ourselves before we wait around for anyone to increase our pay on their own. So just to recap, of course, one of the first options is just to try and work with your current employer to see if we can raise your pay, give you a bonus, do something for you. Now, know that sometimes when we have that conversation, they're like, well, there's plenty of overtime opportunities. But again, the intention in trying to make more money should not mean that you burn yourself out. So there are way too many nurses out there driving themselves insane and driving themselves into the ground to try and make enough money to live or do the things that they care about because they are working their 12-hour shifts and then they pick up even more above and beyond that week after week after week that's going to wear down on you. Now, of course, you can do this. This is part of the beauty of nursing. I definitely did this when I had like a big vacation coming up. Yeah, I'll pick up an extra shift for a couple weeks to give myself that little boost. That's fine because I knew there was an end. 
But for so many of us, we just keep picking up more and more and more and more out of guilt or out of desire for more income, and then we get burnt out. So first option, work with your current employer. Second option, pick up some sort of side hustle, whether that's related to nursing or not. If you pick something unrelated to nursing, it can also be a fun thing for you. It might be something that's expansive. It might be something that feeds your creativity. Do something that doesn't drain you again. The third option is that you go part-time in your current position and then maybe pick up some sort of per diem role that pays extra. And then the last option, and one of the best and most effective ways to make more money as a nurse, is to change your job. This is how I was able to increase my hourly rate by about $20 per hour by the time I left the cath lab. Because here's the thing. I think for so many of us, we were raised by parents who came from a generation where loyalty paid really well, where loyalty was the most important thing in a job, and that that's what got you the best benefits, the best pay, the best packages, everything. That is not the case anymore. The market is changing, the workplace is evolving, and especially in healthcare, staying in one role forever just does not pay well. Now, there is something to say for being on a unit that you are in love with that you come to work happy every day, and maybe you don't get paid the best, but the culture pays for itself, like that is valuable. So you have to weigh what's most important to you. But if you're not super happy every day at work, and you're not getting paid enough, and that is unsatisfying for you, then the best way to change that is to change the job. Now, here's the thing with this, you can always go back. But guess what happens when you go back, you can typically ask for higher pay. Regardless of whether you choose to go back to that unit or not, the best way for you to increase your base pay as a nurse is to change jobs. And there are going to be people that tell you that job hopping is horrible for your resume. It's going to ruin your career. But there's a couple factors here. One is that the, the workplace is different. The environment is just different altogether in what is paying and what's working. And loyalty is not one of those things. But also, you are different as a nurse. You don't have, in my opinion, you do not have the same rules that a lot of other professions may or may not have. So for other positions, maybe job hopping looks really bad on a resume. But for nurses, that can look like skill building. That can look like trying out different schedules. That can look like doing what's working for your family. That can look like looking for more pay and better opportunities. I don't think it reflects the same thing, especially if you have a reason behind what your resume looks like. So just to give you an example of this. When I first started, I was in the ICU. I was there for about 18 months and burnt out pretty quick. And so I moved into an outpatient clinic setting. I made about probably like $10 more at that point, just leaving and going to an outpatient clinic. That outpatient clinic just didn't work out for me. It didn't, it wasn't stimulating enough. It just wasn't the satisfying role that I was looking for. And so after about six months, maybe I moved into the cath lab. So I changed positions again and made probably another $10 at that point an hour. And I don't even think anyone asked me about why I wanted to leave the other position after only six months. But if they did, I had a reason. It was easy for me to explain. Yeah, this just wasn't stimulating enough for me. I wasn't using the skills that I was looking for. I know that this position is going to advance my career and advance my skills even more than this outpatient clinic ever could. Like I could have spoken to it. And so as long as you have that in your back pocket, I think it works. So job hopping, can benefit you and will benefit you when it comes to your pay. And when you do this, 
when you do change jobs in order to pursue different opportunities or better pay. Make sure that you're negotiating along the way. The moment you are getting a new job, know that you have the power to negotiate, especially if you're keeping the other job in your pocket. You're waiting for a new position before you leave that one. You know that you have a safety net. So you have the power in that position to negotiate what you need, whether that's a schedule difference, whether that's a pay difference, whether that's more time off, depending on what they can give you, a sign-on bonus. There are things that you can do to negotiate what you need in a position, and that is within your power. Again, I know that there are people telling nurses that they can't negotiate. That is absolutely false. I negotiated at each change in position and got what I needed from it. And same goes for my clients. We have tried all of these things. I have some clients who the best thing for them was just to pick up a side hustle that was had nothing to do with nursing and it brings them joy and extra income. I have other nurses that needed to change units or change jobs and got a pay increase just from doing so and are just happier in a new role. I have nurses who have just negotiated more time off or a change in schedule that fit them better so that they could make more money on the side or just have more satisfaction in their day-to-day lives. The point is that you have the power to craft the career that is right for you. You have more power than people have been teaching you. You are incredibly valuable as a nurse. You matter. What you need matters. And we don't need the watered-down, miserable, tired, underpaid version of you anymore when you have the power within you to change that situation. If you are miserable in your current role, we can make changes to make it more satisfying or to find a role that is more satisfying. It doesn't mean you need to just go and quit your job tomorrow. We can develop a roadmap for you to move from point A to point B safely, but You have the power to craft this career into what you need from it. And you absolutely deserve that. So here's what I want you to pull from today's episode because we covered a whole bunch. One, know that you can rely on your nursing assessment, your gut feelings, and your critical thinking skills to understand when there are changes happening within your patient. Think deeper. Think bigger of what's going on for them. So in the case of personality changes, we can notice that as a pattern, as something that has shifted for our patient and recognize that it may be attached to a physical symptom. And in this case, it was. We had an electrolyte imbalance that was causing issues for this patient that revealed a deeper issue that we were able to address. And then for you, you deserve higher paychecks. And I want you to try these various skills that you can to negotiate that and create that for yourself because you have the power to craft the career that is right for you. So whether that's picking up a side hustle, going part-time and playing with per diem roles, changing jobs altogether and negotiating with your current employer, you deserve to make more and I want to help you do that. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. If it was, one, I would love to hear feedback. If you guys like the structure, if it's a little too long for you, if you want it shorter, if you liked the old structure, please let me know so that I make sure that this podcast is right for you. But if you enjoyed this episode, share this with somebody else who needs to hear it. Maybe it's a nursing student who needs to hear more about how to develop that critical thinking muscle or how to negotiate better pay in their first position. Maybe it's a seasoned nurse who needs the reminder to not get complacent in their nursing skills and in their nursing journey and needs the reminder to ask for better pay because they absolutely deserve it. Whoever it is in your life, I want you to share this episode and this podcast with them so that we can build this community and that they get to be looped in to the same thing that you are. And if you do, please tag me so that I get to thank you. That's my favorite thing when I hear from you guys, especially on social media, because I can interact with you. So always reach out with questions, comments, feedback. If you have requests for the podcast, 
always know that I am an open book. I love you guys. I am rooting for you always. And I'm going to see you next time. Thank you so much for listening in and committing to your growth in a world that is telling you to stay small. Seriously, it means the absolute world to me. If this episode hit home for you, it would be amazing if you could share it with your friends or fellow caregivers and tag me at Ashley O Show so that I can personally thank you. That way we can build an army of nurses, healthcare workers, and caregivers who are changing the narrative around what is possible and healing the system from the ground up. I will see you next time. I love you and I am always rooting for you.